My name is Tarletta, but you can call me TJ. And this is the Lessons Learned with TJ podcast, a podcast where emerging entrepreneurs, business owners, and corporate leaders can listen in on conversations and lessons learned as me and my guests discuss sales, marketing, life, and leadership. So grab a pen and some paper. It's time for your next lesson. Over the last week, I've had a lot of conversations with different business owners, mostly startup company business owners, so my aspiring entrepreneurs, my new small business owners, when it comes to belief and what that means for their business. Like, how does it show up? What does it, what does it do for them? Like, what makes you feel, understand, believe, have faith, whatever your religious bent is, what gives you the confidence to say this is going to be successful or the lack thereof? Like what stops you if you don't have belief? What keeps you awake at night? What keeps you from taking the next step forward? And one thing that I've learned, one thing that I've noticed when talking to those people and looking at successful business owners who they are aspiring to be is a drastic change in what they believe. It's in their belief system, in their amount of belief and what they believe in. Because belief to me is a broad subject. Like you can believe in science, you can believe in faith, you can believe in the impossible or the pragmatic. It's completely up to you. But your level of belief, wherever you lie on that spectrum, really plays a part into how far you're willing to go without knowing what happens next. And as a long-term entrepreneur, a full-time entrepreneur, I understand that my success hinges on my belief and what I'm doing, who I'm working with, what my vision and mission and purpose are. If I don't have those set up, it's not going to work. And I have to understand that and I have to accept that. Now, there will be some fears that will stop you from believing or fears that will stop you from moving in your belief. But at that point, it kind of like the math, don't, the math starts not mathing. It doesn't make sense. Like somebody's, somebody's lying to themselves or something doesn't match up. And so in this episode, I really wanted to dig into what it means to have belief in yourself, in your vehicle. And by your vehicle, I mean, how do you plan to make success happen? Whether it's your business, your team, it's your idea, whatever your products, whatever that vehicle is for you, your belief in that vehicle, and then also your belief in the vision, your belief in what that is. And so... When I sit down, the first thing that comes to mind is self-belief, the belief that you have within yourself to make something happen. So a common question that I've been asking this week is when it comes to a brand new project, how much do you believe on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe in your ability to be successful at this thing, at this idea, at this venture, in this project? So not the success of the project, but your belief that you can be successful and success is different for everyone. And so of course I'll have you to define success for yourself. And what is your belief that you can be successful on a scale of one to 10? And here's what I found because we did the research, we pulled in some numbers, we reached out to our community. Thank you to everyone who responded to my survey. But we learned that the people that rated themselves below a seven, because you know seven is the bell curve, seven is the average, Anyone who rated themselves below that typically are just getting started or they have had a lot of perceived failure in their ability to make something successful. And when I look at that, it really used to, 
Well, when I looked at it, it was like, huh. So these people who have not had success have a problem identifying or accepting or believing that they themselves can be successful. And then the second part of that question was with this vehicle, with this team, on this project, with this product, whatever. When it, The next question would be, well, how much do you believe in the success of this product? Meaning taking yourself out of it, how successful could this vehicle be? And we recognize a correlation that if their belief in the product was high, but their belief in themselves was low, typically they had a lot less success or it took them longer to get there. Because even though the product was a great product, if they didn't believe in themselves and their ability to be successful, they found it hard to push it through. They found it hard to see it to the end. They found it hard when resilience was put into question. And their decision-making was often from a place of, I haven't had success before, what makes this any different? So when you start with belief in yourself, so there are a few things that I really wanted to talk about when it comes to self-belief, like what do you, what do you believe about yourself? And really that is the foundation. If you do not have belief in yourself as the foundation, it will be difficult, bar none, to make anything successful. Because the third question I would ask them was, how much do you believe in the value of this product to your end customer? So the value of your leadership to your team, the value of your product to the marketplace and your ideal target audience. And what was so interesting was that on the whole, almost 90% of people that responded had an extreme amount of confidence in the value of their product. Even if, or even though, well, even if they had a low value of belief in themselves. And, but these are people during our conversations that often found it difficult to sustain a business, to really put in the effort it would take when things got difficult or when things got hard or when things didn't work out the way they thought or when they couldn't see what was coming next. So believing in yourself is fundamental confidence in your ability to succeed, confidence in your ability to learn and grow is vitally important. I cannot express to you how important that is because also when you look at the way that those questions are framed, like success is of course is personal to you. How you define success is completely up to you, but when you decide when you but when you define success not by a monetary marker or a performance indicator when you define success on a growth scale, I learned something, I experienced something, I did something, it is super difficult not to believe in your ability to be successful. If you're focused on success as one of those other markers, you know, a revenue goal, a number of units sold, number of people you can employ, and things of that nature, when they don't come to fruition or you don't quite hit the mark, how do you internalize that information? Do you take it as a learning experience and take the win? Or are you looking at the fact that you did not succeed in the way you intended to, and that stops you from believing you are able to succeed in many different areas? So self-belief has to be the foundation that you start building all of this on. If you don't have that, 
it'll be very difficult. And there are two things that I recognize, like through my conversations this week, just with friends of mine, not through the study. With friends of mine, there were two great barriers when it came to belief. And these are, let's say, two common barriers when it came to belief. The first was imposter syndrome. Because when you're creating something for companies or for people, individuals, businesses, whatever, that you perceive as bigger and or better than you, that are bigger and or better than you, it can be very difficult to feel like you belong in that space. It can be very overwhelming to believe, well, why would they listen to me when I haven't done what they've done? Why does my little voice matter when there's such a big opponent? But one of the detriments to small businesses or to emerging business owners is their belief that because someone or a company is bigger or and or has exceeded what they've been able to do, their belief that someone or an organization or a company has exceeded their own capacity that they no longer have anything to offer. And when they decide to, again, when they lack that belief in themselves, but they believe in their service and they go to market that service, they become susceptible to imposter syndrome. It happens because I don't believe I'm supposed to be in this room. I don't belong here. There are people who are more qualified than me. You guys have already made a billion dollars. Who am I as a growing business to be telling you what to do? You'd be giving me advice, right? So how does this work? How do I... Like, how do, how could I provide value to you? I know that what I have to offer is valuable, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to work for you because you already know better than I do. So I don't belong here. And when you're trying to grow a business, you will, I would say you should always try to be around people who are doing better than you. (laughs) Okay. Like we don't want to be in a room where everybody is, you know, is still working on their way to getting to where I'm at. I want to be in a room where y'all are so far ahead of me that just listening to you speak is going to give me something. And I'm happy. <laughs> like, I'm good. I can get some information. But I, want, I also want to know that when I do open my mouth and I have to believe in myself enough to open my mouth and say, here is where I stand. Here's what I do. Here is how it provides value that you may not already have or in a different way that you may be getting it right now or in a more efficient, effective you know, personal way. This is how I've seen this happen and it can help you as a company, not as a person. Because remember, as entrepreneurs, business owners, we operate as a business. It might just be my name sometimes, but no, I am a business. I'm a vendor. And this business has something to offer this other business. Business to business, person to person. The person behind that computer screen on the other side of that phone is a person. But if you have that imposter syndrome, it can cloud that for you and makes it very difficult to speak up. Now, the second thing I noticed when I was having these conversations over the past week, when it came to the difficulty of believing in yourself as a foundation, was the fear of rejection. Now, everyone has fears. We all have them for one thing or another. I have my own personal fears that keep me awake at night. Rejection is not quite one of them, but it used to be. (laughs) But the fear of rejection can hide itself. It gets hidden. And I think it's so interesting 
in the different ways that it, that it shows up in conversation or that it hides itself behind other, what I call excuses. Some people call them reasons, like we all have our reasons to do things. I believe that they are excuses not to do things. And, you know, I get some slack about that, but I believe that if it does not get the job done, it's an excuse. It may be a valid excuse, still an excuse. But the fear of rejection, so the way that I saw this come up during conversations was, well, I don't trust people. So I don't trust people to buy my product. I don't trust people to support me. I don't trust people to, you know, do what I need or want them to do. And when the questions come back to, well, do you believe in yourself? Do you believe in your product? Do you believe in the value of your product? The value of the product is really high. So my, my question to one of the people I spoke to this week was if you have a high value on the product that you're offering, you wouldn't have created the product if you didn't believe that it was made for people. But you're telling me you don't trust the people to buy it. But it's not, and they say, but it's not a fear that you have. And it's like, honestly, but if, you're, if you don't have the belief in yourself, then you can't go talk to those people. And what it, what it all boils down to is that you're afraid of them saying no. Because typically the people that I work with, we operate in, you know, higher margins. Expensive is different to everybody. Price points are different to everybody. And of course, to every single market. So in this particular market, expensive wasn't, in my opinion, a lot of money. But it's like, well, I made this product and other people might not buy it because it's expensive. Well, that's a mindset you have for yourself. That is not something that your audience would be thinking because you're going to target an audience who believes that what you have is valuable. And so you have to trust those people that they will see the value in what you're offering or you have the wrong audience or you're not being honest with yourself. Because if you believe in your product and you put it in front of them and they say no, they don't want to do it, they don't want to go, you have an opportunity to learn. You have an opportunity to grow. You have an opportunity to find what is missing or what is different about what's already out there and how you can reposition yourself. I believe that a lot of sales, a lot of and a lot of what we do as business owners is identifying the gaps in the marketplace. Hey, what are people currently buying and why are they buying it? How can I be in that area? This is a product-based business person, by the way. And my, my corporate leaders, don't worry. I got something for y'all too. It's coming, it's coming. But I realized that when you don't have self-belief as a foundation, you find it very difficult, no matter what you're doing, to be successful. Because either your lens is broken just a little bit or it's a little, it's a little curved to see the negative side. So my challenge would be for you to find the positive, find what can you get out of it. Because if you can always find something positive to get out of something, you'll never, you'll never fail. It may not work. But you will continue to grow. And if that is success to you, then you'll continue to grow. Then you'll continue to be successful in your own eyes. It can manifest itself, as I said before, as imposter syndrome. If you don't believe in yourself, it becomes imposter syndrome. When you get into the rooms where you can, where you can help people, but your, but your mind as an eye is seeing that these people are better than me. They've done more than me. They've lived longer than me. They're prettier than me. Whatever your insecurity may be, like I don't, I can't give somebody beauty advice when I'm not a beauty queen. You know, I can't give people business advice when I don't own a ten, a billion dollar, in, when I don't own, I don't own. I can't give someone business advice if I don't own a, a billion dollar business. None of those things are complete are true. That is a, that is a symptom of imposter syndrome. 
Or you'll say like, well, I don't want to offer it to people because I don't really think that they'll understand it. I don't think that they're ready for what I have to offer or they're going to overlook me. And that can, be, that can be funneled down to a fear of rejection. And I'll say personally, so one of the things that I did in my life was I actually went door to door selling internet service for I think six months or so, six, seven, eight months, somewhere in there. Great program was not my highlighted of area, but what it taught me, because we had to knock on so many doors every single day and I got told no 98% of the time. I had my pitch, I could overcome objections, I could, you know, steer the conversation, I could get, I could dig down into the problems, pull everything out, do an amazing job, and they still said no. And I did this every day, <laughs> well, six days a week for six to eight months. And one thing that I learned is that some people just don't want to. And that's okay, but it's nothing to be afraid of. Because for every no that I got, I knew that in a single day, I should get one to two yeses. And that was the goal that I had. So if every single day I did this, I got one to two yeses, I'm good. But there were some days I got no yeses. There were some days I might have gotten three or five yeses. But I still had to go to all the houses on my list for the day and knock on the door and try to talk to a human being to look at my product or service that I was offering, judge that, judge me in the process, judge my ability to convey the value of that thing, and then, make it, then, and then make a buying decision. And so in doing that, I got really good at being okay with no. No? All right, cool. Why not? Uh, let's overcome that. Any other reasons? No? I'm still going to think about it. Okay, cool. Next person. Two no's and a go was, was our thing. Once they say no two times, get up, get up out of there, go to the next house, do your thing. But what really stuck out to me was that, all right, a no is just a no. And it does, it's not that bad. When you start getting them, it's really not that bad. You survive it. You survive it. Um, so getting over some of those fears of rejection and imposter syndrome and failure and, you know, being the new kid on the block, getting over those things and having self-belief as a foundation can be a super vital tool to you being successful. So when I was thinking about the power of belief, what really hit home for me was that as an entrepreneur, I take a lot of risks. I've been a full-time entrepreneur, a mother of two amazing boys, both still toddlers, basically. And I, when I step out to take those risks, it's like, what are you stepping out on? Are you just being reckless? Like, how are you making these decisions? Is it based on an idea? Is it based on faith? What is it based on that makes you want to do this crazy next thing that you have no idea how it's going to work? And for me, it was always just, I believe that I can, period. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If anyone around me has done it already, typically, if I decided that something looked interesting, I'm probably going to do it. And it didn't matter to me. It's like, hey, I will learn along the way. Like I said, learn it till you earn it. One of my favorite little phrases, like I'm not a fake it till you make it person, but I will learn it till I earn it. And I will happily tell people about that. Like if, if you have any questions on the level of integrity I prefer to work in, you can view episode one as well. But it was like, I just believe that I can. I believe in myself. I believe in my own ability to make this thing successful no matter what it is. It may not be a million dollar business, but it'll be profitable. It may completely fail by business metrics, but I will learn something. 
And to me, that's what was important when it came to this. Now, of course, bills got to get paid. Mama needs a place to stay and her kids need food to eat. But I believe in my ability to make that happen, whether I use this new skill or keep my old skill. So my double hustlers working full-time jobs and doing a side hustle, my full-time corporate people out there making them big bucks and thinking about starting a brand new business, or my corporate leaders who are trying to work their way up the ladder through learning a new skill or taking over a new project. It's like, hey, I believe in my ability to be effective and successful and to learn and to grow and to do all the things that it takes to make this next thing successful, period. And that comes with a high level of belief, a high level of confidence in my ability to not be tied to what I have right now, but tied to the vision that I have of myself in the future. And one of the things that I learned going out and marketing these other companies through direct marketing strategies was that a big part of my success, whether the person said yes or no, a big part of my success is my ability to transfer my belief in the value of a product to my potential customer. The better that I could do that, the more likely I was to have a new customer, a new client, or any of the things on that spectrum. But if I did not believe in myself enough to give the conviction and the passion and the purpose behind the value I felt the product deserved, it came off as inauthentic. It came off as salesy. It came off as shy or seedy or like, do you know what you're talking about? Like, you have to think about what people are visualizing and internalizing in your interaction with them. And I can say throughout my entire career and all the businesses I've started, all the things that I've done from my tutoring company to the digital marketing agency, to learning new skills, to speaking, to coaching, to having my bakery, through all of those things, when I talk about them, people will listen to me because they can, say, they can, they can sense the confidence that I have, the conviction that I have behind the mission, vision, purpose, and the value of the product that I was offering. I was proud. I was excited. I was involved. I was passionate. And that translated to them. Even though I may not even have those businesses anymore, did not matter if I was still doing them or not, they could tell that in whatever industry it was in, it must have been fulfilling, successful, or whatever, by the way that I talked about it, I made them believe that I enjoyed all of that. Like <laughs> my very first job was at Taco Bell. I was 16 years old and I was like working the front register. And by the way, 16 years old, junior in high school, working, trying to get good grades. I graduated like in the top of my class and everything like that. And I'm just like, I really don't want to be here. And so when I had a customer come up to me, you know, I do the whole cashier girl thing. And I'll never forget the lady. She looked at me and she was like, you must really enjoy what you do. And I, I legitimately, and my, my managers knew I was good to say some slick stuff. I was good for a quick comeback. And so I was like, look, as long as you believe that, I'm doing my job right. Like that was my favorite thing to say. As long as you believe that I'm excited to be here as long as you believe this is a great place to eat, that you're going to get great service, as long as you believe that you're going to get the food you paid for, it's going to be about what you expected it to be, I've done my job. I have transferred that belief onto you because I don't know about y'all, 
But if I go into a restaurant, a grocery store, a place of service or business, and I get the vibe that the people there hate being there, everybody got a bad face on, everybody's ready to go home, everybody's hot, lazy, tired, whatever, I'm typically going to turn around. Like, we'll try the next store that sells something similar, but this ain't going to work for me. Because I need to know that when I go somewhere, that they believe in what they do. They take pride in what they do. They are confident. They have conviction. They have passion in what they do. Because it, it radiates, you guys. It radiates so, so, so much. And that's what leaves the impression. When people, people remember what, how you make them feel. I think it was Oprah Winfrey or Maya Angelou. We're going to go with Maya Angelou. <laughs> but people may forget what you said or what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. If I feel welcomed, if I feel like a priority, if I feel like you enjoy what you do, if I feel like you serving me is a part of what gives you purpose, mission, and value, not your worth, not we can't do worth, but it makes you valuable, it brings you fulfillment, that you're passionate about what you're going to do because it serves me. And as a business owner, I have to feel that same way when I'm serving somebody else. When they're paying me for a contract, they have to know that I'm excited to serve them. Not because they paid me, but because what I'm about to do, I love, I believe in it, I am passionate about it. I have a vision of how it will affect their future, my future, their employees, their teams, their business. I have to have the belief to transfer to them. If I don't do that well, then nobody's going to enjoy the ride at all if I get the contracts. Because they're going to, like, nobody wants to feel like they're paying for a bad experience. Everyone wants to know that they are appreciated, that they are a priority, especially your customers. Next is your team, if not any other way around. If you are a leader of any kind, virtual assistant, full office of 20 people, full office of 1,000 people, corporations with 5,000 employees, every single person wants to feel that what they do provides value to the organization they work for. The more they can believe that, the better they're going to do or the more they're going to perform to fulfill that expectation, to fulfill that need to be of service, to do the thing. But as I said, it starts with them believing in themselves and their ability to provide value. Because like, let's use a really quick example would be a job, a company hiring a janitor. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I can think of very few high schoolers who were senior level who wanted to be janitors when they grew up. I don't know of very many. But if they apply for the job to be a janitor, and they do that job with all, with all the things that comes along with it. And they do it with a sense of pride. I'm providing a service. I'm making this place clean for the people who come in here day in and day out who provide value for the company that pays me through the services and the things that they do at the same company to service the people that pay us. I feel a sense of pride. I believe in my ability to affect those people. If I don't clean this building, they're going to come in and they're, they're not going to want to work here. It's going to smell bad. They're going to have a bad day. They're going to feel uncomfortable going to the bathroom. They're going to feel like it's, it's junky. 
I want them to have a clean environment because I believe that in a clean environment, they're able to produce their best work, to do the cleanest thinking, to excel at what they do so this company gets better. My job is important because they hired me for it. They hired somebody to do it. And so am I going to do it because I believe in myself or it's because they need somebody to fill the position? And when you're interviewing as a business owner, entrepreneur, corporate leader, you want to look for people who understand the value of what they do beyond the act of what they do. How does this affect us as a whole? Are you aware of the importance of your position? And that goes for any level, whether you're hiring a lawyer, a virtual assistant, it does not matter. Are you aware of the value that you provide? Because the clearer you are on that, first, it gives them belief in themselves, their abilities to do better, to do what you need them to do. But it also helps when you're trying to promote people. Because if they believe that they're of value at this beginner level, and they need to learn to get to the next level to provide more value, and they find it fulfilling because you've given them purpose in their position, it's a lot easier to retain your people. So first, having self-belief says that, hey, I believe in what I do, my vision, my value. I believe in my ability to grow, to be successful enough to make this thing work, whatever this thing is, your vehicle. Do you believe in your team? Are they aware of that belief? Because every single person on your team should also have self-belief. But as a leader, you need to also instill in them that you believe in them and their ability to do the job, their ability to impact the future of your organization, their ability to be of value and of service and of growth to what they are partaking in, to what they put work and, work and energy and mental capacity into. So they show up and they do their best work. They create the opportunities. They find the loopholes. They find the things that need to be done because it makes them useful. It, may, it fulfills their position. It goes beyond their job description. And then you have to consider... What is your belief in the product that you sell? Like whether, it's, whether it is, if you're serving into an employee a clean workspace, if you're selling to a customer a Rolex watch, if you're selling to, you know, a client the benefit of your service, how much do you believe in, your, in the ability of the company, yourself, your team to deliver on that? to deliver the vision that you've decided is so important for your organization to do, for why it exists. If you don't believe in your product, again, when you go to knock on that door, when you go to give that pitch, when you go to make that sales call, it's going to be 10 times more difficult to transfer your belief in yourself and your belief in the value of the product to somebody else if you don't have both. And for some people, Belief in your product just comes down to confidence and confidence comes down to information. Can I speak confidently about this enough to convince somebody that it's a good decision? Because if you believe in it, it's a lot easier to talk about. It's how most things spread through story. Go through something, you felt a way about it, you told somebody else. But can you transfer the belief of the value of your product or service or activity to someone else. As a interviewee, somebody who applies for a job, when they're coming to you 
as an applicant saying, I need a job, can they sell you the value of them getting that job? Can they explain to you, can they show you, can they demonstrate the value of what they have to offer? Because all that life is, is a series of offers, conversations and negotiations. That's what it boils down to. And the person who is able to transfer their belief of the proper outcome, the best is usually the one that wins. Usually, not always. So when it comes to the power of belief, know that your belief in yourself, in your vehicle, and in the value of what you bring to the marketplace, it can make or break what you do and how successful you are. It can, at some point, determine how successful you will be. And it could just mean that, you know, maybe you need to change some things. If you don't have, if you don't see, if you don't have the self-belief that you want in your business, what do you need to change about your business to make it make sense? If you don't have the belief in your team or your vehicle, what do you need to change? If you don't have the belief in yourself, what is it that is stopping you? What is blocking you? What are you afraid of? What are your, what is your mindset? What decisions are you making that causes you to doubt yourself? That causes you to stop? That causes you to need more information? That causes you to feel inadequate? What are those things in there that need to get pulled out, taken out, or resolved in order for you to have the self-belief to be seen, heard, and appreciated. If what you have difficulty with is belief in your vehicle, whether it's your business your, or your team or your products, then what about those things are you unclear about? What about them doesn't fill you with confidence? What about them makes you uneasy? What do you need to change about them? Is it your business model? Is it the type of product that you're selling? Is it the product itself? Is it your team? Is it their training? Is it the way they speak? Is it their professionals? Is it, is it the company culture? What is it that gives you the, what is it that causes you to lack belief in your vehicle? And lastly, it comes down to your vision. What, how you want to serve in the long run. And now, for some people, that changes over time. My vision has changed quite a bit. With every business that I, that I start, that I do, it has a different vision. Like cheese, my cheesecake company, my bakery that I own, has a completely different vision than my marketing agency. And that's okay. I love them both. I don't have the bakery no more. Decided that it was a little bit too much time for me, so I have my digital marketing agency because that's how I really want to serve the world mostly through consultation, coaching, and speaking, but also as a, as a product and service provider. But what is it about your vision that you don't believe? Is it you? Is it that you have not become the person you need to be to fulfill that vision? Is it that the vision is no longer aligned with your values? Is it that that vision wasn't yours to start with? This entire episode, I really wanted to stress that the power of belief is something that you have control over. It is something that can make or break you. It can stop you in your tracks. But when you, real, when you recognize that, you have to be willing to take the reins to understand what is it that I need to do in order to overcome this, to change this, and to move forward with what I'm doing. 
So I hope you guys got a lot out of this. If you haven't listened to episode one, please go back and go ahead and do that. It is a session on integrity and in business, being an entrepreneur, small business owner, or a corporate leader and working in integrity. And it goes over five different mindsets or mental positions that we tend to take that will allow us to justify acting outside of integrity. So it was one of my very favorite episodes. It's the first episode on the podcast that got released. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and do that. And also, if you go to the website, tarletta.com slash podcast, you will find a two-day masterclass coming up near the end of this month that is going to go over resilience in business. Now, I love talking about resilience, business growth, leadership. They are my, they are my jam. But we're going to spend two days going over what it looks like to have resilience and to run a business. So resilience in business, your ability to overcome challenges, to create and change mindsets, and to advance your career using resilience and becoming a better leader. All right, so if you want to, be sure to go over to tarletta.com slash podcast, register for that there. It is a completely free event. You can attend for free. We will be opening up a VIP option closer to the event date for those that want to get a little bit more out of the experience. Well, a lot, a lot of bit more out of the experience, but we're opening that up a little bit closer to the event date, but go on over, register for that free masterclass. It is two days, a two-day masterclass, and I cannot wait to see you guys there.